this is Fate with Girls Gone Right. And this is Megan, and we have a very special guest with us today. We have Madison Cawthorn, former congressman for the United States. How are you, Madison? I'm great. Very excited <laughs> to be on the show. Thank you guys for having me. Hey, We're so happy to have you in Nashville. You. I mean, it's always a good, anytime you have a good excuse to come to Nashville, you have to take it. Yeah. Yeehaw. So, yeehaw. <laughs> Welcome to Music City. Um, yes. Today, we're going to be talking about the 2024 candidates. Great. Guys, this has been heating up. <laughs> As yes. we have seen on the campaign trail, a few people have thrown their name in the hat. It seems like the roster keeps growing. Yeah. Daily. Yeah. <laughs> so we have quite the list to go through. Yeah, we have a long list. We are just going to go through and talk about the biggest weaknesses and the strengths of these candidates and kind of prepare you guys for who's running, inform you guys so you can know who you should be looking out for, who should be on your radar. So we're really excited. First candidate, well, no, no, before we even dive into this, yeah. we have a question. Let's hear it. You ready? Trump or Biden? <laughs> I'm, it's, it's not a hard choice there. I'm going Trump. That's, okay. a, that's an easy one for me. Okay, guys, he's safe. Great. Okay. Love it. Love it. So first candidate, as we know, Trump is running again. Yeah. So how do you, what is your stance on his, him running again? So when I first ran for Congress, um, Donald Trump actually endorsed against me. And uh, yeah, he had never lost a primary election battle where he had endorsed somebody in, in Congress ever. Yeah. Um, there was one situation with Thomas Massey, but that, that, that didn't really count. But when he had endorsed somebody in an open seat, that person always wins. And anyways, when that happened, you know, my, my campaign was being ran very differently. You know, I'd never ran a campaign before. I was 24 years old. And at that moment, you know, I, I remember we were all sitting at this big table and Donald Trump endorsed. And, you know, some guy walked up to my chair and was like, hey, Donald Trump just endorsed your opponent. Yeah, oh, and so it was a very yeah. somber moment. I just, I smiled. I got really happy. I was like, guys, I, I, I genuinely believe this means we're going to win. And they looked at me like I was crazy and I said, I mean, just think about it. Like, God always wants the credit in every single victory that you see throughout the Bible and all these things. I mean, look at David versus Goliath. He made it the most difficult battle that you could ever overcome. So when I heard that Donald Trump had endorsed against me, something that seemed like an impossibility in that situation, I was very confident that we were going to be able to win. Um, also, I was running as a much more hardcore Trump candidate than the person that he endorsed. Uh, there was like some, some personal connections there with somebody in his, uh, his council. And so that's why he got involved in the race. And then, uh, you know, I, I, I was able to, to beat him um, in that race, which was unheard of, which was great. Uh, shout out to the people of Western North Carolina. And then as things kept going on, I remember Donald Trump called that night and, you know, he, he, I won't go into the details of the conversation, but he's like, Mass, you even beat me. Like, that's incredible. And then um, I, I just was like, well, sir, I'll let you make it up to me. It was really cool because, you know, when I answered the phone, I was drawn the way back from the victory party. Somebody said, oh, this is Chris on the, on the Air Force One switchboard. I'm going to connect. Do you have time to be connected to the president? I was going to say, oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And then I uh, got to talk to him and then I told him, well, sir, I'll let you make it up to me. You know, just, almost as a joke. And he loved that and then invited me and my whole family up to the White House. And then after that, he asked me to speak at the uh, the RNC. And wow. that really changed my life. You know, 60 yeah. million viewers, it was a great opportunity. Um, and then after that, you know, I've gotten to see him in a lot of situations. I got to see him, you know, when he was making difficult choices. I got to see him when he was, you know, at home with his wife and his family and just get to talk to him about, you know, what was it like when you were killing Soleimani? Like, what were some strategic decisions you had to make before you did that? And, you know, it's one of those situations where you're sitting down, like, if you could have dinner with anyone, what would you ask? Yeah. And so that was a really cool situation. But I've also seen the man go out on a limb for people when it's not 
politically expedient. His loyalty is unquestionable. I mean, I'm serious. Like, I, you could call him right now and he would answer the phone and say, what, what can I do for you? Anything I can do. He's generous, he's kind, very shrewd, very smart. Um, so I think, you know, he, he's a dynamo. He's gonna be very difficult to beat. Uh, you saw what happened in 2016 when, you know, the field was, you know, 14 strong. He does better when there's more people to attack. You know, he can just sit there. And most people will be like, okay, my target for this debate is this person. Where Donald Trump walks in, it's like, I'm destroying all of you. Everybody. And it's going to be great. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's a situation where I, I found that even a lot of the people he was running against started sitting there just like kind of nodding their head like, wow, I, I mean, yeah, I agree with this guy. You all should vote for him. Yeah. And so uh, I think he's a shoe in for the victory. You know, he, he just keeps getting better and better. But I have no doubt he will win. Okay. Yeah, I like that energy, and I think you are very much spot on. He has such a great personality, and that's what makes him stand out from the other candidates, is he's extremely likable, and he just has character to him, and he's so funny. He has he's so many iconic moments. Human. Yeah, he he's, is. He's very much human, whereas a lot of, or most politicians are just politicians. But I feel like with Trump, there is some things that I think he could be a little bit more polished on, but I I do love that about him, that he is not polished, that he is just human. He talks to you like a human. And, you know, people, people get onto that all the time. It's like, well, I wish he wasn't so rude. I wish he didn't, didn't do all these things or he yeah. was so brash. One, we need to remember culturally where he's from. He's from New York uh-huh. City, so kind of a harsh city. But two... I like the fact that he's got a little fight in him. I yeah, like the fact yeah. he's not going to sit there. And he says the things that, you know, are just so true. That especially, like, what if I was sitting around with my guys, you know, let's say we're shooting out of the gun range, we're just out hunting hogs or whatever. He says stuff that we would say. Mm-hmm. And, then, you know, when Megyn Kelly asked him, he's like, you've called women horses, you've called them dog-faced ponies, or whatever yeah. he's saying. And then he said, only Rosie O'Donnell. I mean, I, <laughs> I almost fell out of my chair. Or then, like, when, I, I think the moment I realized he was absolutely going to win the 2016 election was when Hillary Clinton was getting on to him about his taxes and that the fact that he doesn't pay him any taxes and that he always tries to get out. And then he sit there and said, he said, yeah, I try to not pay the taxes. I, I want to pay the least yeah. amount of taxes I possibly can. <laughs> yeah, like that's and what then, everyone's thinking. And then everyone in the crowd started booing. He said, you know why all these people are booing? Because they're all donors to get into here. Yeah. And he said, but I guarantee none of you will change the tax code yeah. because all of you donors want the same tax code because you use the same loopholes. And I said, that's a guy who's just speaking for the American people. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he's not putting it through, well, how is that going to sound, you know, with the with the uh, the test party and the test subjects? And he's not putting it through yeah. a soundboard to go through 20 consultants. He just sits there. And the thing I love about watching him at rallies is he does soundboarding with just normal American crowds and rallies. You know, 10,000 people will sit there and be like, how do you guys feel about, you know, uh, Josh Hawley as my VP? You know, then he'll base it on the the, the crowd reaction. of Like, oh, people like him. Okay, wow. we're going to do that. And so I think it's pretty incredible. That is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Spot on. <laughs> um, another fun fact about Trump is he is alcohol-free, which I just learned this. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I, I was so shocked, mm-hmm. but I think that... That says a lot about his character because a lot of people just think that he's too much, he's over the top, his personality's too big. But he's honestly has such good character that speaks volumes. He's so personable. He wants to get to know our country. He cares about our country. And he's dedicated. And because of the trauma that he suffered with the alcohol accident, uh, his brother, he he doesn't drink. Yeah. Which I find that just so inspiring Mm -hmm. and heartwarming, the reason why he's doing it. So that made me like him even more. I mean, I, I remember when he met one of my nieces, you know, he told her, 
you know, no alcohol, no cigarettes, um, and no drugs. I mean, that's, and that's, he just pounds that all the time. You can watch clips of him saying it in the 70s. Like, he, yeah. He's been the same guy since he's been in the public eye. Yeah, and that's really important too, is he's stayed the same. Right. He has not changed for his audience, which a lot of candidates do change themselves for their audience and who they want to get to vote for them. They're chameleons, and Trump is not. Right, absolutely. So that's very impressive. Uh, yeah, so I think the biggest strength we can all agree is that he's very likable, he has a personality. What is Trump's biggest weakness? Trump's biggest weakness, I mean, that, that, that's a difficult question because you, you would say his biggest weakness is the administrative state and the, the, you know, the network medias who are always after him mm. and people are trying to pin him on every single little thing he does. But at the same time, that's one of his biggest strengths because, I mean, I, I, I mean I, how many business owners have suffered under what an IRS audit is like or how many gun store owners have had to have an ATF agent come in and like, well, this— one looks like an eye, so you know you're losing your license and you can't feed your family from now on. Yeah, and you know Americans have seen what the administrative state can do and what these three-letter agencies come in and destroy your 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 businesses. You know, people who are trying to apply for a liquor license and having to wait months and months, and it's like, oh, this isn't working for my investment ideas, and like this isn't going to yeah. be able to pan out. Are people who are trying to build a new building to give you know low-income housing uh, in communities that need it? So, well, then the EPA comes and it's like, well, there is a six-inch stream right there, so you can't move that, so you're not going to be able to build here. And, you know, when I see a candidate who is being attacked and ravaged by the people who attack and ravage the American people, I'm like, that guy gets it. He understands it. I mean, this, you know, it's, they always attack who they fear. And so if, you know, the bombers that, you know, come yes. home with no bullet holes in them, those are the ones that weren't over any targets that mattered. Yeah. And so that's, uh, that's that, it, it, although it is his biggest weakness that these people are all out after him, mm -hmm. it's also his greatest strength because it makes people yeah. like me be like, I will die for that man. Yeah. Yeah. The loyalty. I agree. So his greatest strength can also, or his greatest weakness can also be a strength. Right, right. So, yeah, that's. I think, the, I think the, um, the the vaccine is probably going to be his. Yeah, I I think people are are still debating like his push for it, but I think the Operation Warp Speed thing was just to kind of, in my opinion, was to calm the nation down to know that there was some sort of solution being provided later on throughout the pandemic. But I think that these people that are still harping on the fact that, well, he pushed the vaccine, I'm like, oh. And, but on another thing, yeah. you know, he, th there are critics who are like, oh, well, he really pushed the vaccine. You, you'll hear this from kind of the Ben Shapiro types and people who, yeah. who are, are trying to push the Santa's for some deranged reason. Um, <laughs> you, you also remember that at every single point he said, but it shouldn't be forced, yeah. it's a decision. Yes. Yeah. And I, I don't care if you want to create a product, as long as you don't force me to buy your yeah. product, that's yes. fine with me. If Kendall Jenner wants to go out and create you know, some lip filler serum, that's fine. No yeah. one wants to stop her. But if she's like, yeah. now I'm going to force every single person to have lip filler in the country, be like, yes. now see, that's an issue. Yeah. And Trump never did that. And so I think that people try to miscue that because exactly. you know, there's a lot of anger towards vaccines, as there should be, mm -hmm. uh, in big pharma. And you know, it, it's, it's just a situation. But people try to skew that narrative a lot. I, I agree. Yeah. yeah. I agree with Megan that that is going to be a hard thing to overcome this election and just how he handled that. But it, to his credit, this has never happened before. This yeah. was something that yeah. just came out to attack. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, it was, you know, election year, and I think it was meant to stir the pot and if anyone else was in office, this is something huge to handle so quickly. I don't think anybody could have handled it 
right or yeah. wrong. Yeah, right. I don't think yeah. that there was a perfect People way to be mad either. Either way. decision you yeah. make. Yeah, but I think he did the best. He he handled it the best way that he could. Yeah. Uh, so I think that how that credits him, and a lot of people didn't know how to handle this. No, no came, one would have known how to there's handle There's no it. protocol for how to handle this. A global we, pandemic. <laughs> yeah, they're like, okay, so what do we do? I let's think it's watch, such a hard situation. Let's watch these movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where everyone dies. Like, okay, everyone's gonna be zombies. Everyone dies, they run out of food, it's like a zombie land yeah. or something like that. And I don't know how you guys felt, but I remember the first, you know, first time I started talking about COVID, I think the first time I ever heard about it, Tulsi Gabbard on the Democratic debates stage. Yeah. Where she brought it up. Um, and she very aptly said, this is going to be the biggest issue in the coming election. Yeah. Um, but then when you saw, you know, when they were saying, oh, well, if we don't have two weeks to slow the spread, you know, everyone's going to die. It's going to be terrible. The mortality rate's this high. I mean, I'm, not, I'm sure most people were they had the same way. I was like, oh, well, I mean, we should probably take this seriously. I remember about a week in, and I was like, okay, I don't see, you know, I, I don't see, you know, wagons rolling down the streets with yeah. bells ringing saying, bring out your dead. I was like, maybe, I, 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 and then you started asking your friends, do you know anyone who's died from this? Uh-huh, not yeah. from a respirator, you know, not from like uh-huh. malfeasance in the actual hospital. Do you know anyone who actually was died from this? Uh-huh. Or do you know anyone that was anyone? And then everyone's like, no, I don't. Uh-huh. Like, okay, well, I think this is being overblown. You think? <laughs> Just a little Just bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, probably the strongest candidate. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Probably, I mean, actually, he is a very strong candidate, and his campaign trail is, go- he's going very hard on Also, that. if you think about it, as of right now, it looks like Biden's going to be the nominee. You know, it seems like they're also preparing Gavin Newsom to step up if something happens. Who knows? But happens, right now, it happens. looks like Gavin Newsom, <laughs> Gavin Newsom is going to be, the, uh, uh, Joe Biden is going to be their nominee. Ugh. It is the easiest campaign strategy ever for a general election. People are like, well, how is he going to win in a general election? It is the easiest message I've ever heard. It's just saying, listen, you've seen us under both presidencies. We're yeah. both competing for a second term. You liked your life and your money and your wallet and your economy more under me than you do under this guy. Mm-hmm. Re-elect me. We can go back to that. Yeah. That's an easy win. And then when you have all of this cultural ridiculousness going on with the transgenderism and people, that, yeah. the you know the alphabet mafia trying to just wipe out all normal semblances of society, you know, he can say, look how crazy the world's gotten. Let's just go back to where we were. Let's focus on a strong economy. Let's focus on strong foreign policy where we're feared all around the world. Let's stop China from attacking Taiwan. He says he can end the war in, with Russia and Ukraine in a single day. These are the kind of things that I want to hear. I'm like, okay, yeah. he doesn't really care about what's going on. Over there, he just wants the killing to stop. He wants a secure border. He wants a strong economy. These are all things I like. Yeah. And Trump just has something about him. He's so powerful. And people are scared of him. Other countries were scared of America when Trump was in office. Yeah. Yeah. He can call up anyone he wants. People are actually scared of him, and they respect him. No one respects Biden. That's absolutely right. And the greatest thing about Trump is his unpredictability. Yeah. So the majority of world leaders, they say, oh, you know, let's say maybe Iran's going to push a a naval vessel close to one of ours, and you'll see on the headlines, oh, there's a near miss on two, uh, two naval vessels. The thing that kept the other nations in line is they didn't know how he was going to respond. Is he going to send a tweet saying, I have a red button that's bigger than yours? <laughs> is he going to bomb you know, your top military general? Is he going to in, in, implement sanctions? These people have no idea. With Joe Biden, you're like, okay, I know exactly what he's going to do. He's just going to say, oh, well, this is, he's not going to do anything. No. Yeah. So, yeah. Unpredictability good. is a good thing in a leader. Yes. Yeah. And next up, we have DeSantis. Okay. 
So he said deranged. <laughs> I didn't say DeSantis was deranged. I think that man's very intelligent, yeah. very smart. I think people that are trying to push him as if he's a viable candidate to take down Trump, they are deranged. Yes. And they're just trying to get clicks on their stupid podcasts. I don't yeah. think it's his time. But yeah, no, and, and you know what? I, and I think, and I, I'm, I'm happy to say this, I think that he is the best governor that we've had in America. Yeah. Possibly ever. I mean, America's he governor. is on top of things. He did, made Florida... Phenomenal. I literally moved to Florida because of the world he created down there. But you know what? I care so much about loyalty. And so many of the Trump loyalists, me included, feel like what he did was disloyal to Trump. Yeah. You know, I feel like he should have come out, and sure, there would have been some politicking, like, hey, I'm I'm your only person who could possibly be a rival to you. If you're willing to push me for 2028, I will sit in the sidelines and I'll endorse you for this election. Closed book case. Instead, he said, no, I'm going to go for it right now. Knowing that he sucks at retail politics, knowing that he is not a magnanimous character, knowing that he barely won his election in Florida, mm-hmm. uh, and only because of the Trump endorsement, and knowing that the only way he's capable of winning things in large landslide majorities is when he's actually pulling the levers of power and gets to show, hey, I'm actually really good at this. He's never been president. He can't say, oh, actually, yeah. I would be really good at foreign policy because he's never done it. Uh-huh. The only thing he's not ever done with foreign policy is, he, you know, he served in the military. We all thank him for that. And he has an awesome wife. Well, Donald Trump has an awesome wife, too, and I can t- he's pulled the levers of power, and he can do retail politics. Yeah. I would love to see Ron DeSantis walk into a Dairy Queen in Iowa and have it packed out with 7,000 people surrounding it, and then him say, oh, we're going to buy this for everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, he, it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. And I, it's incredible that he thought that he could take down Donald Trump. And all of his decisions have now become so donor-focused, and you're watching the people that he's— and again, he's being forced to surround himself with these people. Uh, he was a Freedom Caucus guy when he was a member of Congress. I was in the Freedom Caucus. Yeah, I respect what he did in Congress, respect what he did in, in Florida. But because all of you know the, the people that I, you know, the base celebrities and like kind of the the, the base influencers and the the, yeah. the base billionaires, all of those guys are surrounding themselves with Trump. So now he is forced to go find money from the Bushes and from get endorsements from the World Economic Forum and get all of these terrible people to come and try and rally around him. And then I'm saying, but if you need their money, you're going to bend to their will. I've seen it yeah. in politics a million times. Yeah. You know, if, you, if you're not based on it, well, you know, Donald Trump doesn't need anybody's money. Some politicians are able to raise, you know, all of their donations from $5 from, you know, 600,000 people and you have enough money to win an election. You know, that's not where he's at. He's going to have to focus on these big donors, and he's going to have to capitulate to them on so many issues. And that's not what I want in the White House. No. Yeah. No. Would have loved for him to run in 2028. I think a lot, he'll still be a very yeah. powerful candidate in 2028. I'm not sure I could ever support him. I really don't. If you think that it was a good idea to go against Donald Trump in the 2024 presidential primary, you're dumb. I mean, that's yeah. just a dumb decision. I agree. I think he's a great governor, and, and I think that like you said, he has a little bit more to prove as far as how to, how can he prove to us that he can run the nation? Like we know that you can run Florida and you're doing a great job at it, but it's very different. That's one state versus 50. It's very different from having to manage, because most of Florida, I I live there, everyone's pretty the same. Yeah. We all have a great life. Everyone's like, no one's really mad at each other. It's like, hey, we all live in Florida. We're good. Let's all have a good time. But when you're having to run the Rust Belt and trying to bring manufacturing jobs back to the continental United States and the Midwest, but then also have to cater to people in, in Portland and then worry about wildfires in California. You have so many different interests that are coming for you, aside from just protecting the Everglades. Yeah. I'm not sure that he can do that. I don't know that he can. Yeah, 
there are so many different policies that affect each state differently. Right. So that would be a huge test. Obviously, the our immigration policy is huge in Florida, and I think Personally, my favorite thing that he's done is the Martha's Vineyard. That was hysterical. <laughs> and I think that's like my favorite political satire event because it was honestly so funny. It was so funny. I didn't know like if it was real life when it was great. happening. I'm like, like this is real life. <laughs> yeah, this has got to be Babylon B type thing. But that was hilarious. I think it really made a point. A lot of people, it, it caused conflict. Like, is he doing the right thing by doing this or is he just trying to be an asshole? But yeah. I think he did it. He didn't care. And he really made a point. He dropped them off in front of Kamala's house in D.C. That's yep. hilarious. <laughs> and he was like, no, I've been doing this. You guys are just now finding out about it. I've been doing this for months. Well, well and it also had a great effect or a reverse effect on <laughs> these liberally run states like New yeah. York. Because Mayor Adams yeah. came out and was like, Whoa, 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 wait well, a minute. We don't minute. want them here. We're a sanctuary city, but we don't want them here. <laughs> They're like, well, no, here. who's going to mow the lawns? Isn't that what somebody said? Yeah. Like, yeah. come on. Exactly. It's There's sanctuary places, but there's no border, so they they don't have to have that. They're all for it until it affects them. Yes, Absolutely. And it affected them. So I think it was just very powerful because it gave everyone a taste of their own medicine. Yes. And it really proved a solid point. So I love that he did that. And when he did that, my like, gosh, I hope he runs for president because that is just, it was a very Trump thing yep. in the sense that he's just so ballsy. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I and the really way like he handles that. the media, like when he has his little, oh, uh, yeah. You, you, little tips. like yeah, tips yeah. when he's sitting there and having holding a Q and A, and he just crushes them. I love it. Yeah, I think his greatest strength is his wife. I mean, Casey yeah. DeSantis is awesome. She is a phenomenal human being. Um, but you know, it's just again, I, I have to be very concerned about your decision making of who to yeah. choose conflicts yeah. with when you have an 8,000-pound gorilla with a million-person army who yeah. will not do anything for him. Yeah. yeah. I think he's a great candidate, but he's not the best one. Right. So it's just not his time. Not he, yet. Not yet. I don't even think he's the second-best candidate. I mean, he might be polling the second-best. I think the second-best candidate would be Vivek. Oh, okay. Yeah, if, I, if Donald Trump was not in the race, I would be voting for Vivek. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I agree. He, he's awesome. I, I like Vivek. I think he is very new to the world of politics in the sense that... I love that. I think so it can is Donald be, Trump. Yeah. That's true. That's true. I just... I don't think a lot of people know a whole lot about Vivek. Like, his name doesn't have as much recognition as DeSantis or Trump. Right. And I think maybe that the campaigning strategy could heighten that to get his name out there a little more. But he does have some... Things that he talks about during his campaign that I really like, that he wants to change the voting age to 25. That is great. Which, it's very controversial, but I think that he has a very good point on this, and it's very interesting. It makes him like kind of, kind of a controversial candidate. I think changing the voting age to 25 is perfect because you really don't know what you want in your life when you're 18. Like, you really don't, you can't, yeah. You can't figure that out yet. You haven't figured it out yet. I, would, I wouldn't say that you've figured everything out at 25 either, but an 18-year-old's voice when it comes to picking who is going to run the country is a little scary. But is it controversial because you can be 18 and enlist in the military? True. Uh, and you can't I, vote. I, I've got to push back on both of these ideas. Okay. You're pushing, and, and 
I understand that it, it would be a net positive for conservatives if we move the voting age to 25 mm-hmm. for right now. It would help our, our election processes True. right now because most people, they've started paying taxes long enough. They're out of college. They're not in the indoctrination camps. They can start yeah. you know, be, being a little more realistic. Mm-hmm. But I really am against it because I think that we live in this perpetual state of delayed adulthood. In America, and you know, and again, I think the main problem with that is our our government-run education system. Mm. You know, I was homeschooled all the way through. I was raised in a very particular way, to where you know, if if my parents were something would tragically have happened when I was you know probably thirteen, I think I would have been just fine. My my parents raised me to be able to be a leader at a very very young age. I mean, they instilled that in me. Whether it was through, I was raised on proverbs and push-ups. You know, you got to read the proverbs, get the wisdom. But then, if you don't follow wisdom, then you're going to punish, be physically punished. Mm -hmm. And so, whether that's doing push-ups or you know just having to fight your dad, just great. (laughs) (laughs) And um, it's it was the best way to be raised because you know it taught you consequences, it taught you all these things. And I think that's something that we're missing in America right now. And you look at, you know, the way the algorithms are different in the North America versus how they are in Southeast Asia. Whereas if you want to go viral on TikTok in China, you have to focus on STEM. You have to, like, get some kind of a honorific, you know, award from somebody. You have to be giving a phenomenal oration speech that's, you know, encouraging masculinity and femininity and having a family and these kind of things. Whereas if you want to go viral on TikTok in America, I mean, you just have to take your clothes off. It's, it's, it's insane. Yeah. Um, and so I think that there's this major push to continue having adolescence continue into your late 20s in America. Yeah. Whereas I think that's co- totally wrong. And I, of course, not every single person is going to be capable of leading you know, a battleship like they did in the, in the age of discovery, yeah. you know, at 15 years old when, you know, a, the captain died and this guy's like, well, this 15-year-old is honestly the best among us. He's going to hop up here and lead, lead the ship. Um, but I think that, you know, people need to have a lot more consequences and difficulties in their lives that are a lot younger. I mean, I hate the fact that I'm in a wheelchair. It's, it's a terrible life, but I am very thankful that God put such a difficult hardship in my life so young because it prepared me for the world that we live in now. Yeah. And you know what? I, I just think that if we continue to delay the voting age until 25, people are going to be like, oh, well, it's not my problem. I don't need to worry about it. Because you know, I, I don't know how how old you guys were when um, the lighthouse was lit up in rainbow lit up in rainbow colors and gay marriage became legal. When people are going on and on about that, it's like, look, that fight was lost before I was here. Yeah. And so you know, I, I'm focused right now on stopping this transgender you know agenda that's going on in America. Yeah. And if we continue you know pushing off until you're 25, well, you're able to run for Congress when you're 25. Yeah. And I ran for Congress when I was 24. You know, I, and I think the only reason I was able to have the wherewithal to do that is because when I was about to get ready to start voting, I started listening to Rush Limbaugh. I was like, well, I'm going to vote soon. I need to know what I'm going to be voting on. R.I.P. Yeah. Oh, man, my favorite, probably my favorite moment in life, because I grew up my entire life listening to Rush Limbaugh with my dad going to work. Um, and it, it was, I think it was, it was probably like within his last 10 broadcasts, I was featured on it, and it was the coolest thing in the oh, world to hear Rush Limbaugh talk about me. And it was, it was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. But anyways. That's strongly, a very valid point. Yeah, strongly against that 25. That actually makes me change my edge. mind. Yeah. You convinced us. That is an interesting angle. And I do think that the biggest issue in America right now is the lack of personal responsibility. No one yes. wants more freedom or the left doesn't want more freedom because with more freedom comes more responsibility and people are afraid of that. Right. And that's the issue that we're seeing everywhere right now. No one wants to pay for things. They want to erase their debt that they signed up for, that oh, they yeah. went to college for, and no one wants to work. No one wants to take responsibility for their sexual actions. 
we are lacking so much responsibility in this right. country. So I agree with you there that unfortunately, we don't have a lot of let alone 25-year-olds or 18-year-olds that are responsible or want that responsibility, but that's what we need to fix. Maybe it's not the age for voting, but we need to fix fix where people are at at that age. Right, absolutely. Yeah. That's the bigger problem. Yeah, and it, I think a lot of it kind of boils down to what is being suppressed and, and banned and hidden on these social media platforms because that's where all these kids are getting their information million from. percent, yeah. But aside from the voting age thing, I think Vivek Ramaswamy is a phenomenal candidate. He's yeah. incredibly well-spoken. He's willing to yes. go into the CNN lion's den and fight these people all day. I, would, I don't know if he's been on The View yet. I would love to watch him on The View. He I would, would That would be great. Massacre them. It would be great. Um, and then, obviously, we're talking intellectually massacre them. Um, but, you know, Vivek's awesome. And he was the only candidate who, when Donald Trump was being arraigned in Miami, who actually went down there and said, this is wrong. This is going yeah. after your political opponents. Not another other candidate wow. did that because they were all like, I mean, even Don Ron DeSantis. You have the leader of the Republican Party being arraigned because he's a political opponent in your state. And you're going to say, oh, you know, I've got nothing to do with that. I'm just going to piddle around and focus yeah. over here and try and sell a book in Iowa because I'm who Whatever. Um, whereas Vivek Ramaswamy went down and was like, yeah, look, I, I hope I beat this guy in an election, but what's going on to him is wrong, and yeah. we should all stand beside him. Yeah. And it, I think he actually, I, most, I, I think most candidates in the Republican primary should take a pledge that if Donald Trump is indicted or anything bad happens, anything like that, that he will be pardoned by the whoever, whichever one of the yeah. ones. I really do believe that should happen. Um, but anyways, I, I don't think Vivek is going to win, obviously, but I do think he is the second best choice. He's phenomenal. Yeah, and I think he has a great career ahead of him in yeah, politics. Yeah, and he's he, he's personable, he's yeah. smart, he has a young family, he's successful, I just, well-spoken, I mean, he's, yeah. he's a dynamo. Yeah, big fan of Vivek. Extremely well-spoken, very He's got smart. a great scheduler, like, he's, he's on top of everything. Yeah, so. yeah. I think it's going to be really interesting to get to know him throughout the, the next year with his campaign. Right. Uh, so next candidate, we have Nikki Haley. Oh, so UN ambassador. Mm -hmm. so I feel like some people just kind of forgot about her. Yeah, her campaign out of her prime. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, Don. I mean, prime. listen, listen. I, I, I actually, I, I feel bad for Don Lemon, which I don't think I've ever said in my life. But he, wow. got, he got like canceled for saying she's out of her prime, right? Oh, yeah. Uh. I don't know if he got I canceled. I think that was just like the tip of the iceberg. Very sensitivity. The, training yeah. the view, stupid. like the the ratings have just tanked because of Don Lemon. And then I think he said that and they're like, you know what? I think not. it was an accumulation of other um, sexist things that he was saying to his co-anchors. Gotcha. And then he said that and they were like, all right, that's it. All my friends are sexist, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, but I, I, mean, I genuinely have this belief that, you know, it, it, you know, Time, nature is good to women, time is good to men. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what he was getting at. Because, you know, like most women are at their most vivacious and, and strong when they're young, whereas most men are not valuable whatsoever until they've become, you know, powerful and successful and accomplished things. Yeah. And I think that's what he was trying to, like, get at. Is like, sure. listen, like, this is, like, you know, yeah. nature is good to women. They're, they are at their prime, like, they, as soon as they're, they, they hit adulthood, they are just killing it. They can use yeah. their abilities to get wherever they need to go. Mm -hmm. Whereas a guy has to move like one little chess piece at a time. Yeah. And so I I, I, I don't think I'd ever defend yeah. Don Lemon, but you know, that's- You are. Yeah, I understand where he was coming from. Yeah. But yeah, but you know, Nikki Haley, uh, I think she used to be way more conservative than she is. Again, this all comes down to donor problems. 
You cannot run a campaign without donors, and all of the hardcore, strong conservatives are with Donald Trump. So these people all have to start tempering what they say and be like, well, we're going to be a little softer. We're going to go a different angle on this. When I think that's not what the American yeah. populace wants. That might be what some donors want because they want to be able to go to their, you know, their country clubs and say, oh, well, I don't, I'm a Republican, but I don't support Donald Trump. I would support Nikki Haley. She's very reasonable, yeah. rational. Mm -hmm. And I donated to her because she said, well, I mean, I understand that if you get raped, then you should have an abortion and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure she said that. I'm just saying this, these are the, the kind of the, the, the thought process between, yeah. and I call them country club Republicans. I can't stand country club Republicans. <laughs> I'd rather be elected by truck drivers than people who go to country clubs. They, they, they drive me crazy. Yeah. Um, they're all generationally wealthy, and most generationally wealthy yeah. people are just kind of lazy and sad. Yeah. Um, but anyways, but again, it's all donor-driven. That's where we're going to get back to. Like, I, There's a lot of these conservative candidates who have to be donor-driven because Donald Trump's just sucked the air out of the room with all the conservatives. Yeah. So. Yeah. So <laughs> this is a very hot take. I don't think that women should be president, so she's not going to get my vote. Like and I said, all my friends are sexist. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, a lot of people, it might ruffle feathers, but... That's a hot take. That's a hot take for you. It's take. a hot take, but there's reasoning to that, and I think that men and women are different. <laughs> I don't think that biologically they're the same. Shocker. Wow, what? Uh, yeah, it's insane. <laughs> By nature, they're, they're this different. This is absurd. Wait a minute. Groundbreaking news Groundbreaking. Here. You're saying that men and women are different? Oh my gosh, I'm going to get canceled. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's um, but <laughs> I think that women, this is the great thing about women is our nature and nurture and we're yeah. motherly. We were gifted with this amazing thing that we are just so different from men in the sense that we have those motherly instincts. And I think when a woman is in power and imagine being a woman seeing children at the border trying to get across for a better life, like, as a woman, that affects you differently than a man. I think if a man's watching that, they hand, they process it differently. But as a woman, it is it, you will process that differently. It tugs at your heartstrings differently because you're a woman and because of your nature. And that's a beautiful thing. I think that's absolutely incredible. That should happen. That's not wrong. But I just don't think that because of that and because of the way we process things is different, I don't think that a woman should be president. Yeah. So, a little different. Um, Where are you at on that, Megan? I mean, women in their 50s are also going uh, through menopause, so they can be a little hormonally uh, fluctuating. <laughs> Us, women are just moody, honestly. Yeah. I, Should we be making big decisions like that? I mean, you're, you're right. I, I, I would not vote for a woman unless she was like, she, there was no better options. No better option. She has. She made her points. She, that's a, that's the situation. One of my really good friends came into um, in Georgia. She was running. She she was going to have to run for Congress because all the guys that were running were just weak and mm -hmm. ineffectual and stupid. And then you know, um, you know, I believe her husband was had to focus on on the business and everything. And she said, "Well, I'm not going to let my children be represented by these people." Yeah. And so she had to step up and run. And whereas because there were no better options. Um, but, you know, I, I think, and even that person, I think, would say that a woman shouldn't be president, so. Yeah, and, and I think for state offices, it's different. Like, if I lived in Arizona, obviously, Carrie Lake would have had my vote. But mm -hmm. as far as running the entire country, yeah. there's a whole lot of stuff. Yeah, like, absolutely. I mean, if I have to sit there and decide between, you know, Mitch McConnell and Carrie Lake... I, I, I'm on your guy's silence. I'm going to be like, Carrie Lake is more of a man than that guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. No, uh, 
Um, pass on Nikki Haley. Yeah. Yeah, pass. 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 Hard, hard pass. Okay. So, um, we have Chris Christie. I don't know too much about this candidate. I just... Instead of running for president, like, he could just go for a run. That could be beneficial. I was about to say, <laughs> his weight. Is but he has a great climate plan. You know, he could just physically stand outside and it would cover so much of the globe. Oh, be, I like that one. It would be beneficial. Uh, I, again, that's just, you know... <laughs> I, I, I just have problems with, you know, people who look physically weak being our nation's leader. <laughs> Biden? I mean, I, I, yeah. He's body positive. <laughs> right. Is that fat shaming? I, I am. I'm a big fat. Oh. I'm very fat phobic. Very fat phobic. Um, but yeah, but no, that's a, uh, that's, I, I just, I, I want someone who's going to elicit fear into yeah. my And that doesn't mean yeah, I, he'll think, I, I want a bodybuilder, you know, as my president, but I want oh. someone who looks physically imposing and like looks like, okay, that person, like a, I, you know, if I was to be in a back alley, I probably wouldn't want to mug that guy. Yeah, I think he could honestly sit on our enemies and that'll take him right out. So people may fear him. Uh, uh, uh. Um, yeah, I think he's a pass. I don't know, but I mean, seriously, think about it. Like, when you look at Kim Jong-un versus Vladimir Putin, let's say yeah. that you don't know anything about their countries. Vladimir you, Putin's more you, you money. You're going to be like, I am a f- more, way more afraid of this individual than I am of that official, yeah. individual. Yeah. It's just a natural human instinct. And so I don't want someone who looks so morbidly obese that it's like, so you're either one, undisciplined, or you're just undisciplined. If you can't take <gasps> care of yourself, how, dare how can you? you take care how, of Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then what, what, who's going to say, like, your energy levels are incredibly low. You have a major risk of having high cholesterol, major risk of having a heart attack. You can have a blood clot super easily. I don't want to have to be sitting here and be at the, you know, let's say we have a Cuban Missile Crisis and then have a change of power because somebody died. We need another Biden. Yeah, exactly. We don't need another person that is just not equipped to do the job in the sense that they're just not physically fit. And me and Megan had some controversy in the comments section for a fatphobic comment. Uh, But I do think it has... I'll take the heat for you guys on this one. I'm fatphobic. These guys are very accommodating. We'll fat shame because (laughs) I think the... Your physical look and your health says a lot about your character. Mm-hmm. I think if you are physically fit, it shows that you are disciplined and motivated and determined and that you care about yourself enough to make your health a priority. It's the temple of God. Yeah, you, yes. you care about your body. You care about your family because you're going to take care of yourself. It says so much. It does. So when you're not physically fit and you're morbidly obese— I just can't get behind that. I I don't think that you can be that conservative if you're morbidly obese. And again, I I don't want to just attack him just for his body. I mean, I, the guy's just not conservative. I mean, he does. Yeah. We, him and I do not have the same viewpoint. Like he might have an R beside his name, but that R stands for Rhino. Like we're we yeah. not the same. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, that's hard pass. Hard pass. Uh, Tim Scott. Tim Scott. We got to understand. There's a lot of you know whether it's a coordinated effort or whatever it is, there is a lot of strategy that goes into who gets involved in a race. Yeah. I don't think Tim Scott believes that he's going to be able to beat Donald Trump in a race. I do believe that he's like, I can dilute the vote Mm -hmm. for other people because, one, I can crush DeSantis in a policy debate, and DeSantis is good on policy, but I think Tim Scott would eviscerate him. Yeah. I mean, he would have a hard time. You would have a hard time anyone beating him on policy. Tim Scott's solid. Yeah. Um, Two, there's some people who are like, I'm only going to vote for an African-American. And they, they, you know, and so they were like, I'm not going to vote for Donald Trump, so I'm going to vote for somebody else. And so, you know, if Tim Scott gets involved, then he's able to take that away. Um, And, you know, he's he's not there to throw stones at other candidates. He's there to just say, look, I have a vision for America. We're going to try and push the messaging, the Overton window more to the right, more to where we kind of believe. 
um, we're kind of in the Rush Limbaugh direction. Um, and he's phenomenal. And yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up in the cabinet position or as VP. Um, you know, South Carolina is going to be yeah. a very important race, a very important state to win. Um, but yeah, I love Tim Scott. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's very, great. very likable. Again, I would vote for Vivek over Tim, but gosh, I love Tim. I think that he's very smart. He is well spoken. He he knows his ish. Uh, I think he might get eaten alive in the debates, just because of how he just seems like a very nice person. Again, yeah. I mean, it's um, gosh, who, who is the neuro, who is the neurosurgeon that ran? Um, oh, Ben Carson. Ben Carson, phenomenal. But again, same situation. Yeah. Very soft spoken. Really strong on policy. And again, those are the people that you want around you. But that's not the yes. person that you want winning. And so. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I think a pass on, on Tim. But, like you said, I think it'd be great in somewhere in the cabinet. Right. Uh, so, we also have Mike Pence. Hard pass. Which is... <laughs> just had to go throw his name in there. No. <laughs> yeah. Immediately no. Immediately, yeah. Uh, hardcore no. Immediately no. Yeah. Um, one, also, I hate the fact that he is pushing these salacious lies about what Donald Trump was doing, yeah. you know, after the election, the, the election in 2020, all these things. He's either staying silent on things when he's asked questions about it, or he's, you know, in, insinuating that Trump yeah. was doing bad things. And as someone who was very close to Trump, the Trumps and the Trump's families at the time, I can say that those are all lies. Mm-hmm. And I, I will say, you know, Mike Pence... He served our country very well for uh, many, many years. He was a good vice president until the very end. I know his brother very well. His office is right down the hall from mine in Congress. Great guy. Um, All the Pences are, uh, I like their family a lot. But man, when we are sitting here and be like, I mean, is it disloyal for DeSantis to run against Trump? You know, when he he gave him the nomination, uh, the, the endorsement that won him the governorship, whatever. There's no question that what Mike Pence is doing is disloyal. Yeah. Uh-huh. It is disloyal not only to Trump, but to the people that voted for him in uh-huh. 2016 and 2020. Yeah. It's evil and it's wrong. And, I, and I, as someone who used to really respect Mike Pence, it's very difficult for me to say that. But, I mean, he's made me very viscerally angry by this decision that in action he's made, taking. Yeah. He made a lot of people angry. It's extremely Mike disloyal. Pence's brother, you're still a cool guy. I'm still <laughs> <a> cool guy. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then we have Asa Hutchinson. Governor of Arkansas. Yeah, I honestly, these are just like the oh, candidates. Asa, he's the like the the the, the very effeminate white guy, right? No, no, no. That's the senator from um, Arkansas gotcha. that everyone loves. No, that's the guy from Louisiana. Sorry, Asa Hutchinson is the guy that struck down the bill that would have banned gender affirming care to minors. Um, that's really gay. Yes, <laughs> that's weird. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And, and I think. We're talking about the same guy. He's, I, I don't so. like this guy. No, no, no. He, yeah, he. He's super effeminate in like his like. I just I'm big on body language, and his body language is just effeminate to me. Yes. Because like you know, men normally their hands are out here. His hands are like always in here. And he's like, oh, and it's just it's. <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 effeminate, and I don't yeah. like it. I don't like him. Um, I really don't know anything else about it. And I also have a problem with you if I don't know anything about you. I'm very plugged into this situation. Mm-hmm. So if like the people that I listen to and I like and I listen to and follow, if they don't talk about you at all, you're not on our side. Yeah. No. And I've never heard of this guy before until he started. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Larry Elder. Solid. What a what a what a great guy. If he had won the that election, that'd have been great. I, uh, I haven't really been following his race at all. I don't exactly know what the reason he is in the race for, but he has been such a strong 
conservative voice for so long. Yes. I think he's really, and also let's talk about, you know, the, the, the minority community that he represents. He has done a really great job of bringing young African-American men who are like, you know, most of the older generations of African-Americans are like, oh, we're voting for Democrats, that's just what we're doing. Whereas I think there's a lot of young African-American men who are sitting there saying, what do you guys actually do for us? Like our lives have gotten worse under your rule. Like, yep. you know, we had lowest unemployment in all of history under Donald Trump. And then yep. you guys are saying that he's racist. Whereas, you know, you have Trudeau is literally in blackface and all, you know, going on and on. And on more than one occasion. On more than one occasion. And, <laughs> and it's this, you know, you have Joe Biden who spoke at the funeral for a grand wizard of the KKK. The KKK is a democratic organization. And I think Larry Elder did a really good job of kind of, you know, bringing a lot of these young African-American men and being like, guys, we don't have to just follow what our grandfathers did. Like we can like think for ourselves, and we're yeah. not just we're we're not slaves to this corporate machine. Yeah, and that's I think that's why you're seeing a lot of young African American guys who are like I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to get out of this rat race. I'm going to vote conservative. I'm going to raise great families, and I think it's a great you know revolution that's happening in that community. So, I hundred percent agree. I think he's he's opening a lot of eyes, and for young African American men that honestly probably haven't asked questions before, or maybe not have known the right <laughs> questions to ask. And now he's kind of been like. I do have a really hard time voting for anyone from California, though. So <laughs> I think I think Ronald Reagan was from California, I'm pretty sure, but it's still he was in Western films. So. Yeah. Yeah. So those were the top 2024 Republican candidates. Great. I'm, uh, I feel like I just have a better sense of who these people are, what they stand for, and character is something that's a really big thing for all of these candidates. Yeah. We've talked about that a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to be really important to be aware of this election, because as we see with Biden, he lacks character. Right. So that's something that people need to be hyper aware of when they're voting. Do you yeah. know this person, not just their policies, you should know that, but you should also know their character and who they are. And I think Trump exemplifies that. Yeah, and, and there's a really big thing that I think a lot of people, you know, they get caught up in talking about um, oh, well, what about the, the locker room talk? And they're like, oh, what about the cocaine in the White House? And we just start going back and forth <laughs> on these little tit-for-tat things. Yeah. A lot of times, it's not necessarily the person that you're voting for. It's that, it's that ideology or that sentiment mm -hmm. that's behind them or the American people that are behind them. And so, you know, if you start looking at, you know, behind, you know, Ronda Santos right now are a lot of country club Republicans. Yeah. I don't believe in their version of America. I really yeah. don't. They're just like, oh, well, we're going to have incremental GDP increases at the end of the year, and that's just going to give us a strong moral foundation. Like, you don't know what's going on in our public schools. You don't understand the threat that our youth are facing. We are in a culture war, and if it's not fought, we will lose. Yeah. The people who are willing to do anything to win will always be the people who just want to be left alone. And sure, we want to be left alone, but first we have to eviscerate the enemy. And so, you know, I, I think that people need to think about, you know, if, if you don't get caught up so much in this argument about, you know, well, I don't like that Donald Trump said that about women, or I don't like that Joe Biden did this. It, it's more so, I don't like the fact that we're losing a culture war. And it's not necessarily just like, oh, well, it's white culture, it's ethno-American culture, it's Christian culture, whatever. It is the culture of, we are the greatest country in the world, we never come in second, we dominate in every field that we go into, and the only reason that we do that is because we felt like we, that is the... The, the cards that were passed down to us from former generations who fought like hell to be able to get us to that point. Yes. And so now we have to, it's not in our DNA, we have to continue to succeed in that at all times. And you know what, who is gonna help the American empire grow and expand and dominate the world more? 
that's the only person I want to vote for. Yes. And so it, that, that's the ideology that we need to be voting for. And so instead of getting caught up in these, you know, these disputes about, well, I don't like that he's rude. I'm like, that's <laughs> not what we're worried about. Do you want to speak Chinese? Yeah. You know, yeah. That's, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. So. What I don't like is that they are sexualizing our children and cutting off their body parts. So that. <laughs> Don't love that. Yeah, when, women are, when little girls are getting double vasectomies, those the, the doctors who are doing that should be shot. Yeah. I mean, it's evil. Oh. It's evil. They'll never have children in their lives. I wonder how they're going to write about these times in history books in 100 years from now. I'm sure when the they same talk way about we write this. about the Aztecs. Yeah, they're just going to completely change everything and indoctrinate even more children. I'm hoping we can take back our yeah. country and it changes and that's not gonna happen. So when they're writing this chapter, it's going to be the truth yes. because we've won. Yeah. So I do have one more question about the election. Hit me. What do you think of the DNC not having a debate? Oh, again, they stole the election from Bernie to give it to Hillary. And then they stole it from Bernie again to give it to Joe. Um, but RFK is awesome. Yeah. First of all, the dude is jacked. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so happy about that. Um, and to be that jacked, he's got to be taking testosterone. So that one, and he's really big on kind of what Big Pharma does. So one, he has to be, if he's taking testosterone, he has to be very aware of the fact that fluoride is in all of our city water. Yeah. And therefore it is destroying our testosterone levels in men in America. Yeah. And so, you know, as Alex Jones says, it's our water's turning the frog gay, which literally is. <laughs> Frogs are gay. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I grew up, I used to like, that's the craziest line I've ever heard. But then like, I started, like, actually, I heard him on Isn't Joe Rogan. Isn't it crazy like, how he, some of the things he starts saying? And then he broke it down. He's like, no, they're, like, the fluoride in our water is destroying the yeah. testosterone yeah. levels in the frogs and it's doing it to us too. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so one, I, I love RFK, <laughs> but they don't want to have a debate against him because He's, he's like starting this populist movement. He's going to destroy yeah. Biden. But do you think that that's going to have a negative impact on the Republican debates? Because they're probably all going to go after each other and it's just yeah. going to look like a fit fest. Um, you know what? Donald J. Trump is a genius and he has surrounded himself with some of the best people. Um, I know, like, when he first got into office, there was a lot of, well, I'm going to keep my enemies close just so, yeah. you know, we're going to, but now he knows every, who everyone is. And he has surrounded himself saying, well, you've got Alina Haba, you've got, you've got some incredible people all around him who are giving him great advice. Eric Trump is one of the smartest people. I, Eric Trump is one of the smartest people I've ever spoken to in my entire life. I believe it. And I've spoken to some incredibly intelligent people. And so I think there, there's going to be a great strategy for Trump to still be able to get in there, throw the blows he likes to do, you know, have those lines where we're all tweeting about it, memeing it for the rest, <laughs> like, the rest of the year. But also where Trump's going to sit there and look like, hey, guys, like, I appreciate all of you getting in this race. Let's all just have a discussion. You know, this is basically a roundtable. What do you guys think I should do when I'm president? Mm -hmm. And, like, I, you know, I, I think that there's <laughs> going to be a way that it's not going to be just uh, aside from other candidates making themselves look just like dummies by yeah. throwing just mud at Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. I think that the, Donald Trump's smart enough to know if we get into just a yelling argument, it's going to look bad. He's going so, to control the atmosphere. Yeah, he's going to control the atmosphere. Yeah. When he walks in, he, he, he dominates. Controls the room. I have a big personality. Literally, when he walks by, I'm just like, I, I, I could not exist in this room. Like, he's, 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 he's I don't know what to yeah. say. People tell me. <laughs> People tell okay, me. yeah. Tell I, me. We have to have the Trump impression here because <laughs> Megan has a great Trump impression. No, Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Uh, People tell me my impression is very great. That's just what they say. That's what they say. I don't know. That's what they tell me. 
<laughs> now, Megan is sitting over here saying that she has a great impression of Donald Trump. Let me tell you, it was, if not, it was bad. If not just bad, it was the worst impression I've ever heard of Donald Trump in my entire life. You should Thank be ashamed. You. you brought shame to your family name and to our country. And I'm sorry, but I, that's just the way it is. Does everyone else agree with that? Okay, okay, thank you. That's good. Wow, that was, that was tough. That was tough. Wow. You go. Exposed. Oh, no, mine's, <laughs> mine is nowhere near you got to do, do it out in public. It's still a work in progress. Um, so I will sure. decline that. But, <laughs> Madison, right. thank you so thank much. You. I'm it's getting my way out yeah. of doing thank a Thank you guys so much. Yeah. It's been wonderful. Yeah, thank you yeah, so thanks. much. And thank you guys for watching. 